When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. For another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast, it's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review on Apple and Spotify and wherever you go ahead and get our podcast. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great folks at Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. And of course, our good friends of the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. The Lakers, even with an extra day off, came into tonight's game with a chance to move up in the standings after the Clippers got drenched at Memphis. It was just a really awful game for the Clippers, which was good for us because the Lakers could have a chance to get into eighth place. And all they had to do was beat a Milwaukee team that's been very hot as of late and starting to look like the defending champions that they are. And even with an extra day off and with the Lakers starting to feel good after a Saturday victory over the Knicks and a big three that's now taking shape, unfortunately couldn't stop the steamroller. That is Giannis Antetokounmpo, who basically steamrolled Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and the rest of the Lakers for just a tremendous amount of points tonight. In fact, he had a great game, 17 to 20, 44 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists, two block shots, including one really embarrassing stuff on Anthony Davis. Drew Holiday chipped in with 15, Bobby Portis, 23, Chris Middleton had 21, and they didn't even need anything from their bench. And they almost didn't get anything from their bench. And they didn't need it because they just blew the Lakers out of the door right from the get-go, outscoring them 78 points to 56 at the first half. And at one time, it got so bad in the second quarter, I think they said it was something like 92% from the field in the second quarter at one time for Milwaukee. There's just absolutely no defense, and it just seemingly – Looked like Milwaukee could not miss on any of their shots in the first half. And they didn't slow down in the third quarter because they actually scored 31 in the third quarter. And it wasn't until a late charge by the Lakers in the fourth quarter. My, haven't we heard this before? Yes, a late charge just to get it from 30 points down to 10. 
Unfortunately, that was not enough as the Milwaukee Bucks simply just put in a cruise control, gave it to Giannis a couple more times, and he finished the Lakers off with a 131-116 to victory over the Los Angeles Lakers. Still in ninth place in the Western Conference. Unfortunately, again, another period of time where our defense really let us down. And here today to talk about the game and also his thoughts on some of the trades that have gone on already because there were a couple big trades gone on today and unfortunately none of them involved the Lakers. He's a good man indeed. He's the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. Please read all of his great articles today and I'll update you on what he's doing there at Lakerholics.com here in a bit. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. We need some help in the worst way because Giannis ate us up and spit us out. You think Giannis likes playing the Lakers? He must <laughs> I mean, Actually, he likes playing in L.A. because he did the same thing to the Clippers yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, but, I mean, both games, it's just been remarkable how well he's played against us. And he reminds me so much of a young LeBron James in a sense that you can see that he's now the physical player that nobody has anybody who can match. You know, that used to be LeBron, the physical guy that nobody had anybody to match. I think that's become Giannis and the way he's playing and the way the Bucks are, they are definitely, you know, a serious contender to be one of the favorites going into the, to the East. There were moments where I was almost hoping that the Lakers would just get beaten by 40 so that Rob Palenka would be forced to do something, you know. I oh, was and also, that, well, well, also, I was hoping well, that the boos in the crowd were going to get so loud yeah. that the announcers could not continue to ignore them. And Rob Palenka was sitting back up there in the bleacher seats, just looking like he was just checking his phone a little bit, not really doing much. And we're all screaming at him, go in the office and do something. Right. Meanwhile, Frank Vogel, like you said, I, almost like you wish that with the game tomorrow in Portland, that the Lakers should have lost by 40. And I can't believe I say this, that you could have lost big, just so you could rest LeBron and AD for tomorrow, where you have a chance against Portland. Yeah. You know, I think the thing that stands out to me is that one of the things I continually hear from people at the people on the blog and and people on Twitter is, you know, we should stand pat. You know, if we can't get the guy we want for what we're going to trade, we should stand pat. And the problem is when you stand pat with a flawed roster, you're really just totally giving up. The Lakers need to make moves. The first move they need to make is to trade Russell Westbrook. They have a willing suitor for a one first round pick. Make the play. That's what's got to happen first and foremost because it's addition by subtraction. Because Russell Russell has gotten to the point, and it's not all Russell's fault. We all know that. It's just that he's just such a terrible fit on this roster that even having him come off of the bench is not going to fix it. It's going to fester and ruin the rest of the year. And if you do nothing, that means that you're going to be in the exact same situation this summer with the exact same weak portfolio of assets to do anything. You need to make moves now and you need to you need to understand that you get the best that you can because what this league what this team really needs is just a balanced roster. They have a roster in balance that is just tons of guards and nobody over 6 foot 5. And then you got these guys playing small forward all the time. It's ridiculous. Trade Horton Tucker for somebody. Trade none for somebody, but get back some size. And there are players out there that they can get. They won't be the glamorous names that the, that that uh, they hoped they would. That Horton Tucker would be worth they, when they signed him for thirty million dollars last year. 
but there'll be there'll be players who fit. And you know, you've just got you've just got two guys in Russell Westbrook and in in THT who just don't fit on this team, who take up minutes, who screw up the rotations, and who prevent this team from reading really getting any point of consistency, not necessarily because they're bad players, just because they're terrible fits for what the Lakers need when you got LeBron and AD. Tonight's game was just one of those games where you're not going to beat Giannis when he's playing like that. You know, it's that simple. We didn't have an answer for him. Would have helped to have had Dwight in there so you got somebody else to throw weight around. But the simple truth is that the Bucks are a much better team at this point in time, you know, right down the roster. And the Lakers got a reality check that it's going to be almost impossible to win a championship this year if we don't do anything. If we don't do anything, we just don't have a chance. If we don't do anything, we are what you are seeing every other game, every other cap, every other quarter, you know, a team that has a really low floor and a really low ceiling simply because they cannot be consistent. And part of it is just because of the construction of the roster is just so contradictory and so undependable that that nothing can happen. And and Bogle obviously you know you think that that the players would come out ready to play, but they sure didn't come out ready to play tonight. You know, I mean it was like this was like the same game. It doesn't matter who we're playing. We you know here 10 points started off at 10 to nothing. Let's go. We're ready to play. So this was a disappointing game. The only silver lining you can take from it is that hopefully the Lakers and the front offices encouraged, motivated now to make a move. I hope so. But the problem is they don't have enough assets to go ahead and make a move that might seismic shift Lakers in a good direction. And that's part of the problem, unless people are interested in taking on that Russell Westbrook contract right now. Again, we'll see what happens. But Russell Westbrook didn't play the closing minutes of the game. That's also another time where he was benched and didn't come back on to the court in the fourth quarter. He also had Carmelo Anthony out still. Actually, he's out also as well for the Portland game, but maybe he'll be back by the end of the week. We'll see what happens there. Dwight Howard is also out with back injury, so he'll be out probably through the Portland game as well. So we'll see what happens with both these guys when they come back. But also as well, again, Russell Westbrook, the enigma continues with just uh, 10 points, 10 rebounds, four turnovers, nothing really added in there. Again, se- several times where it just leaves you scratching your head. He is a poor fit for this team. And that was something that could clearly be seen from the get-go. And unfortunately, it's just too little too late. And Rob Palenka, again, I don't know what he's doing sitting watching the game. He needs to be going ahead and doing what he can to work the phones and trying to do and see what he can to try and salvage whatever's left of this season because you don't have much time left when it considers what LeBron James is going to do. Cause LeBron James, he may not stand for this. He may ask for a trade at the end of the season, because this is something where he cannot continually enjoy these type of seasons where they're just look bad throughout the season. He's injured for a good portion of it. And then they end up with a loss in the first round, or in this case, they might not even make it through the plan. Well, you know, the problem and the problem that you have as you're watching Twitter seeing, waiting to see what the next trade is going to happen is that the Lakers are at best second option and probably third, fourth, or fifth option on everybody else's trade list. You know, you got a player, this is what the Lakers are offering. You probably think you can get two or three times better than that. So what happens is that 
trades happen. Suddenly got people see the number one options no longer on the board because somebody's got them. Sabonis is gone. And the next, you know, you just go down the list and, and then, then, then it's, you know, it's, it's the Clippers trade, you know, and then, then you get a series of things so that now we're, we're getting to the point where you just have to realize that the Lakers are probably not going to know whether or not they happen to play win musical chairs with one of these options until Thursday morning, you know, that's when it's going to happen right at the end. You know, that last two or three hours will basically determine, you know, because we're not one of the top options, but a lot can happen. And, and there's a lot of reasons why people make trades, you know, aside from the talent, it's simply a situation of the contract they have and positioning themselves and so forth. So we'll find out whether we have a deal to be made, but there's two separate things. One is just the improvement in the deal that we're going to get for Taylor Horton Tucker. And the other is whether or not they're going to trade Westbrook and and move on with John Wall and give up that first round draft pick. And they're also, get well, there's, no, there's also, not going to be any other option that's going to be offered for Russell Westbrook at this point in time. And Frank Vogel did provide a small update on Kendrick Nunn that he will <laughs> at the earliest be ready, maybe sometime in March, but they anticipate him being ready sometime this season. I think that was to announce that, you know, if you go ahead and bring him on as a viable asset into a trade, that someday he will play for whatever team that he right. goes to if he's part of a trade. So just wanted to make mention of that as well. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you could get you the Here's cell phone copy, version you know. that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, <laughs> shell shaky has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're finding their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come that, on. You, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah, but I mean, like. With a mono I, sound. There you go. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left ear, yeah. not the right ear. Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want it. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, the Lakers unfortunately get bounced and get trounced by the Milwaukee Bucks in a game that was never even close at hand. The closest it got down to really in the fourth quarter was 10 points, but the Lakers just couldn't get over the hump as they got killed by the Milwaukee Bucks for most of the game, 131 to 116. Before we head on out, my friend, and before I remind everyone to go ahead and check out your awesome latest article at Lakerholics.com, I do want to go ahead and cover the four trades that have already concluded already so far. Some very interesting teams, very interesting names have already switched places already. So I want to go ahead and go over the last one to go ahead and be covered on the trade deadline today. The trade deadline actually is on Thursday. And I'm going to ask uh, Laker Tom, hopefully we can go ahead and do another Lakers trade deadline special for us. Uh, hopefully something we can go ahead and coordinate on that as we lead into Thursday's trade deadline. But before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and ask your thoughts on the Sacramento Kings and Indiana Pacers. Basically, Indiana received Tyrese Halliburton, who we thought was not on the trading block and was the only asset that the Kings wanted to keep. Huh, seeing how things changed there. Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson 
for Damana Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a 2027 second round pick. Your thoughts on who got the better of the deal? Well, I think the Pacers, obviously, because they're playing a young player who should be an all-star regularly. You know, I was really impressed with him. Sacramento, obviously, they're talking about it being like Chris Webber, you know, finally arriving again and, and Sabonis. And I love Sabonis, but... You know, he didn't win with a whole lot of talent in in Indiana. And now he's in Sacramento where basically and I do like I do like the simple fact that they have a couple of young guards, but I but they just traded one of the two best guards that I thought they had. And yet they kept Fox, which seems to really bother me at this point in time that he was prioritized over that. Savonis doesn't play defense. That was always the problem that you know, that's the difference between Turner, for example, matching him up with Anthony Davis or matching him up with Sabonis. You can obviously see that with Sabonis, he doesn't play any defense at all. So he's yeah. an easy mark. He's a great passer and he's a great shooter and he's a great scorer. Smart, just like his father was, a savvy player. But you got to be happy if you're the Pacers, especially when you consider the young players that they got. And Brogdon, it's a, it's a shame Brogdon had signed that extension so he's not available to be traded because exactly. he would be the target, that probably the Lakers' ideal target. I said that back in the summer. Yeah. Then before I've been he trying signed. to get him on the Lakers for three or four years. You know, it's just uh, you and I both, you and I both. But I think as well that Indiana might have got the better trade. But again, it all depends on the maturity of Halliburton. Halliburton yeah. has shown a lot of promise. Will he put it all together in his coming years right. in Indiana? I think that's what it comes down to. I know Sacramento was really high on it. And I mentioned that he was rumored to be an untouchable, but obviously that's not the case because, you know, Sacramento, they haven't been to the playoffs in 16 years. They, so wanted, a, they wanted a big name star. Yeah, and Sabonis absolutely. has at least proven that he can be a big name. He can be the alpha dog on the team. The second trade I want to go ahead and ask you about are the Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans acquire C.J. McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers, who are cleaning house right now. That's actually their second trade that they've already done the past few days, and we'll cover the other one here in a second. The Trailblazers receive Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Thomas Sadaransky, Didi Luzalda, a 2022 protected first-round pick. I think that's numbers 5 through 14. I think that's... What the basically where fall if that falls in there, then the Trailblazers will get that first round pick this year and two second round picks for CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., which is, is his second trade in less than a season, and also Tony Snell. So your thoughts on this trade, CJ McCollum, the big name, going to hopefully help a maybe someday healthy Zion Williamson in New Orleans. Well, it will definitely help Brandon Ingram to have a co-scoring partner on the team, and Zion ultimately. I probably it probably makes it uh, more urgent for teams like the Lakers not to be in the play-in tournament with the uh, with the Pelicans, who are likely to be in it now at this point in time, assuming that that uh, this trade doesn't fizzle out like some of the earlier trades. The contracts being swapped didn't seem to balance on the talent. You know, I mean, when you consider that they got Hart and a bunch of draft picks but not really any really great draft picks, secondhand draft picks that already had restrictions on them before they got them. It's hard to measure it. The Blazers' plan, obviously, supposedly, as they've stated and to everybody, is to rebuild around, build a brand new team around uh, around Damon, convince him to stay. And, and they potentially got $60 million that they can open up if they give away Nurkic. Nurk, 
trade him into somebody's open cap space and so forth. And Well, right now with the two trades that they've done, they've got a huge amount of cap space. They're yeah. well under the tax now. But the thing is, they got to make sure that they sign the free agents or do whatever they need to do this summer. When's the last time a free agent, a big free agent, signed with them? Exactly. Or do some trades because they also have a twenty million dollar trade exception on top of that. The only thing is, they've got to make sure they do all this before they sign Dame to an extension because if Dame signs an extension, that will be two hundred fifty million dollars plus for a five year deal. You're talking about probably the last extension. It's probably the last extension that'll be allowed under the new CBA. Yeah. For players who have signed an extension and then want to demand a trade. (laughs) That's going to be a loophole that's going to be filled. I hope so. I you know I hope so because obviously we're seeing the issues from come from it. And the thing is, if Dame signs that, you're asking you're signing a player to a five-year deal that's already what 32, 33 Mm -hmm. in that range already. That's a he's tough not a young puppy anymore. Game. Yeah, well, and he's we'll that an off year. Yeah, he's already having the injuries, and, and we don't know if he's even going to come back this season. But I think, you know, I, I told my nephew this: what's going to happen on it is he's going to demand a trade. He'll be traded. They're, they're, they're saying they're building around him, but in the end, he'll be traded. Well, Jeffrey, I don't blame you for thinking keeping Russell. It's certainly not because of his play. It's because of that 45, uh, actually would, will be a $47 million con- dollar contract next year. The thing is, if he goes to the summer, he's going to be much more attractive as a offload for the contract for $47 million for the summer or yeah. next sometime through next trade deadline season. So if we keep him, we're going to be in for, I, I would say do it this summer. Okay, we don't want to go through another season. He'll be an asset. He'll be an asset this summer. Yeah, because it's an expiring contract at forty-seven million dollars, Jeffrey. In a, so. in a year that there's a lot of great free agents, including LeBron and AD. Yeah, are all going to be free agents. You know what's interesting too is that we'll have two draft picks available, assuming that we don't do anything with this pick, because we'll also be able to trade the two thousand twenty-nine first-round pick as well as the two thousand and twenty-seven. So we'll have I, I, Russell Westbrook's forty-seven million, and we'll have two first-round picks unless we do something with them this year. I want to so, go ahead and say to Jeffrey Crouch, who's been great on the chat boards, and I appreciate it, as well as Felix. The guy's been awesome on the chat boards tonight. I think his contract emulates almost dollar for dollar what Russell Westbrook's is. So if yeah, it's forty-four this year for this season. It would be 47 expiring for the next season. Just wanted to make sure everybody knows out there. I'm going to verify it to make sure, but it I agree right. with Tom. I think that if Zion is healthy, and that's the problem, if Zion is healthy, then this deal is a win for the New Orleans Pelicans. I really think that that's the case if he's healthy. But the problem is, will Zion ever be healthy enough to play through a full season? If that's the case, then you've got an aging guard that's already on an extended contract, and that could be a problem for the Pelicans two, three years down the line. They have a lot of players that aren't on his timeline. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's for sure. And, and so it's a win-now move by a team that's battered by injuries right now and has a whole new core than they had a year ago who were their core players that they were going to bet upon, which means there's a great deal of desperation by the general manager and who's who's a lot of moves have not made have not worked out so it'll be interesting to see those are the tough situations because somebody's going to inherit a real mess down there yeah they are these things don't work out 
Yeah, exactly. Well, if he doesn't make the playoffs or even a play-in, we could, like you said, see a big change at the office uh, up yep. there at the GM spot in New Orleans has been heavily rumored right there for you. So two more trades I wanted to go ahead and cover before we head on out, my friend. And we'll also talk about your great article that I want to update everyone on. The third trade that happened yesterday was Karis LeVert for Ricky Rubio's contract because Ricky Rubio has had an ACL injury. He's who's likely to resign with the Cavaliers. Yeah, he was, he was really playing well up until the time he tore his ACL. And I feel so bad for him. He also had a 2022 lottery protected first round pick, a 2022 second round pick via Houston and 2027 second round pick via Utah. That goes to the Pacers for Karis LeVert and a 2022 second round pick. For Cavaliers, this is a win now. Win-win for the Cavaliers, yeah, man. Because of the fact they've had so many injuries to the backcourt with, with Rubio <clears throat> and also as well, you know, they've had... Uh, other injuries there in the backcourt, and, and they're going to get and they're going to get Rubio back because he's got an expiring contract. Although yeah, he, well, he'll well, miss half of next year in addition to the rest of this year. So we'll see. But yeah, I don't think it's enough to get the the Cleveland Cavaliers over the top. But they have been playing extremely well. Right. This hopefully will solidify some of their scoring issues. So I think it's a good move for Cleveland. For Indiana, yeah. just like the Sacramento move, it's just to clear the house, get yeah. whatever assets you can. I like the fact that Halliburton, they got, the problem is we got to see if he can develop into that star player. People are expecting it. I'm expecting it, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen 100%, even though I like Halliburton. Yeah, a lot of, there's so much talent on that roster. You know, when you, when you look at all at, at teams that have people that you would like to acquire. Yeah. TJ Warren. The Pacers, had, the Pacers are. Yeah. Between, Miles Turner. Yeah. I mean, I just Malcolm Brogdon, going on like the list. There's, there's at least a half a dozen players that I, that the Lakers would do be lucky to get. It's just um, like the Lakers. And yet they've never been able wrong. to put it together. And I happen to think that they're, they're, they're their new coach, I think is one of the best coaches in the league. I've always respected him returning to Indiana. So I think they the really Carlisle. are. Yeah. I think they really are set, uh, set for a very successful rebuild on that team, you know, and they've, They've got a lot of talent. They're going to definitely have a lot of assets that they can generate from all and of these Cleveland, different players. And with Cleveland also getting a season-ending injury from Colin Sexton also as well. That's a shame that that uh, both of those players have had those signs of season. That's why they needed Rondo and to be traded from the Lakers. So we'll see what happens with there. And the last trade I want to cover was by your friend and not mine. That would be the Los Angeles Clippers in a trade with the Portland Trailblazers, who, again, are in the middle of cleaning house, and I'm sure there's still more to go for Portland. The Trailblazers receive Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second-round pick for Norman Powell and Robert Covington. Norman Powell is on for extended years. Robert Covington isn't expiring. Both are good players for now. I don't think both Kawhi and Paul George are coming back for this season. I think maybe you'll get one of two. So this maybe they'll make year. a late charge. This is your next year and on. Yeah, absolutely. Norman Powell, I think, is a great pick. He's played yeah. extremely well for the Clippers so far. I think this is a win for, for the Clippers. Yeah. And I think for Portland, they didn't get enough. Keon Johnson has a lot of promise and is very athletic. Well, Portland shoot. is saving money. That's it, that's all it is. I mean, we're really talking about we're really talking about Bledsoe's $18 million expiring contract and how valuable that was because that's a trade the Lakers would have loved to make, but they just couldn't put together enough trade value in contracts unless they were to dangle all about eight players on a minimum contract. So this was, this was basically a, a cap move of, of saving money. 
and Portland basically just wanted an expiring contract, and they gave up two pair, two two players who are great fits on the Clippers and would have been perfect fits on the Lakers. And it's a move that the Lakers couldn't have made, but they probably could have made and even had a better offer had they signed Alex Caruso to a multi-year contract. Yeah. Um, no, but of course, that would have required first and then a commitment to to actually pay more than just a minimum amount of luxury taxes and a little forethought of what kind of situation it's going to be at midseason if something doesn't work, especially when you take a huge gamble like trading for Russell Westbrook. I know we were on the other night in one of our most popular shows of the season that you, all three of you guys have mentioned that to trade Russell Westbrook now, I just don't think you're going to get enough back. I just think you'll have to do too much to get. I, I mean, addition again, by subtraction. Well, I know you guys mentioned that uh, again. I'm, I think we're stuck with him. I really think we're stuck with him for the rest of the season. And one, you might as well just 2027 20, first round pick. I'll get rid of him. Oh, that would be bad for the Lakers. I really don't think they should do that. I really don't. I think just hold on to him, have him come off the bench. They're going to be booing. The, the crowds are going to be screaming. It's going to be riots at, hey. riots at the crypt. Uh, I mean, you just don't have enough assets. And if you make the mistake like that to make it worse just for a team that might still not be able there to is, There is some logic to addition by subtraction when you think about it. I look back at that overtime and watched us play in overtime against the Knicks. And we were such a poised team, a poised and pretty mistake-free team, which is something that I don't think we could ever be with Russell Westbrook. I'm certainly not disagreeing with you on that. I think, that's the, saying, big, I think that's the big test that Rob Palenka has to make. I'm just saying, will the addition by subtraction theory that you three or four of us had, is it enough to go ahead and get the Lakers into a position where they can compete for Western Conference title? Well, we need a couple of small forwards. We can't keep sending six, four guys out there guarding six, seven, six, uh, eight guys. We also need a big man to go ahead and help out AD. Yeah. And, that's yeah, and it doesn't look like it's going to be Dwight. No, that's not a, no. that's a problem. Yeah. Cause after 10 minutes, it's just like, I know Jeffrey was talking about how Trevor Reza, he's loving how he's playing, but the problem is Trevor Reza is well, all of 37, 10 yeah. to 15 minutes. You're going to get out of Trevor Reza. After that, it just, it's, it, it just starts. You see the things that yeah. most 37-year-old players are playing like once they play those extended minutes. He's yeah. not LeBron. Would have been great to have Miles Turner. He would have been really a, a Absolutely, boy. but he's hurt. So, yeah. And then we heard the news about Bradley Beal today that he's out for the rest of the season. So yeah. that'll be interesting how that contract issue plays out as well. Million for a guy who's out for the rest of the season and will sign him to a long-term deal in the last chance before he could then demand to be traded after he signed the contract. Absolutely. So it'd be interesting to see what happens in Washington. But before we head on out, my friend, I want to thank you so much for being part of this. Again, there's a game tomorrow. So we're going to be at Portland. Just want to let everybody know at Portland game time is seven o'clock tomorrow. So want to go ahead and check it out for us not to play certain players who might be traded. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping for that's the case, but Jeffrey Crouch saying, I know one thing this year, the bulls are going to be tough. Yes. They're going to be tough. I still don't think they have enough big guys or help on the wing to go ahead and get through all the way, especially against a team like Philadelphia or Milwaukee. You've got to go ahead and have somebody that's going to stop Durant, going to stop or at least slow down Durant, slow down Giannis, and slow down Joel Embiid. And that's going to be a hard task for Chicago to go ahead and overcome, I really think. But that's just my opinion. But Chicago is a great team and a great story. We'll see what happens there. East is a beast. That could be the case, but don't count out Phoenix. Don't count out Memphis and don't count out the Golden State Warriors. They're all playing at a great level. 
If Golden State gets Draymond back, watch out there. Phoenix has been playing just under the radar. Excellent ball. They've gone on, actually on an East Coast trip, this latest East Coast trip, and they've been playing extremely strong. And Laker Tom and I are, are just raving about Memphis and the way that they're playing. So watch out for those three. And if the Lakers, you never know, they make the right moves. Hopefully by this weekend, we can start talking about them in a better light as well. But before we head out, my friend, want to go ahead and mention that you have got your latest article, the three big strategic changes to salvage the Lakers season and LeBron's legacy. It's already got a ton of comments out there. So please go ahead and check it out today at Lakerholics.com. But any last thoughts before we head on out? No, it'll be interesting to see what the comments of the team were. You know, I, I thought it, I thought there were moments during the second half when LeBron looked like he quit. He did and, with about a minute and a half left. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And yet I did love the comeback where they got it down to 10. And, and I thought that that was excellent. It was good to see them not totally collapse and, and end up losing the game by 30. But it's the same old story, you know, that we keep repeating. And, 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 and I think that we need dramatic changes. And I don't, I, you know, I don't understand. I, I hope that all I'm seeing is Rob waiting to see which musical chairs battle we win and what, what, what deal he can get for, for Talon and, and Nunn and the, and the draft pick that will bring back some size to the Lakers so that they can, they can really eliminate that hole that they always seem to have that they're always getting they're all their small ball lineups used to be small ball on steroids, but they're, they're a long way from that at this point in time, their small ball lineups that are getting outscored and out rebounded in the paint. So, you know, we, we have to see those things change. I think that addition by subtraction, Russell Westbrook has to go. I'd much rather I give up the draft pick and have John wall and then have a much reduced role for John paying fewer minutes and giving more minutes to other players. And then I think we need to bring a couple of players in who can, who are six, seven, six, eight, six, nine, good size that can play defense that are good two-way players, even if they maybe have a smaller role than, than being a, a starter on another team, we at least need that depth and balance in the roster. And I think getting rid of THT and, and getting rid of Russ will suddenly make Frank Vogel's job a lot easier, at least to construct lineups that seem to have a reasonable balance and so forth. I mean, I, I, I thought his change in the starting lineup was smart. You know, I think it makes good sense. Ariza had played well the last two games. And Stanley Johnson had, and I, although I thought Stanley had a great game tonight. And no, made, really made solid some game. excellent moves. He, you know, he, he really showed some toughness that, uh, that I really appreciated. So, you know, there's a lot to love about this team still, but there's, God, there's just so much to hate that it's really difficult to enjoy the season. You know, as a fan, it's, as I said earlier, how come it's you and I, Gerald, that are always stuck on the losses when you usually have four or five guests after every win? I think it speaks but, for itself, my friend. It speaks for itself. But uh, for the Lakers fans out there, just want to give an update. The Lakers, unfortunately, did get blown out the doors right in the first half. They couldn't miss a thing for Milwaukee. So Milwaukee did beat the Lakers handily, 131 to 116. Lakers are now 26 and 29, ninth place in the Western Conference, still in the midst of a play in tournament right now. Who's 10th right now? You know what? New Orleans just passed tonight. Okay, Portland, that's what I thought. Lost. <laughs> New Orleans just passed. So wouldn't you know, a trade for the better already happening for New Orleans and Actually, who knows what's going to happen, but yes. Well, tomorrow, at least we don't have to play CJ tomorrow night then, do we? <laughs> yeah, but for tomorrow night, we're at 
Portland. So check the game out at 7 p.m. at Portland. And then after the game, we'll be here around 9.30 p.m. Pacific time after the game to talk about everything that's going on. If there's more trades that are happening, we'll wait and see. And then I've invited Laker Tom to go ahead and do our annual coverage. We had thousands of viewers last time around for the Lakers. 10 a.m. to noon? Yeah, 10 a.m. Let's do two hours. Yeah, 10 a.m. to noon. That'll be great to go ahead with you and talk. Sounds good. Sounds good, Joe. I'm looking forward to it. Well, okay, you're looking forward to it now, but if all these trades are going by and the Lakers are not doing anything. Well, I'll have a lot to say either way. We'll be here Wednesday and Thursday for sure. And then also as well, I want to make sure everybody knows that everybody out there, if they can, please give some love to Lakerholics.com. Everybody band together and go ahead and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, once again, the, the Lakers lose 131 to 116 to the Milwaukee Bucks. And we'll be back tomorrow night after the Portland Trailblazers game right here at the Lakers basketball.